We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516-1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Fucking all things financial, money invested in more. Got a event coming up July 28th, Burlingame Doubletree by Hilton. 6.30 to 9 p.m., 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. Lots of good content. CFP Chad Burton and myself run the majority of it. We also bring in an estate planning attorney, Michelle Lerman from LermanLaw.com. And the 10 Pillars is a PDF that Chad has put in together that kind of says, okay, know your expenses, maximize Social Security, plan for a surviving spouse, know your taxes, tax-efficient investing. That gets a little bit trickier. Protect against longevity. That would suck. I do not, I'll say there's a lot of things I don't want to be, but old and poor and not having the ability to process my thoughts, that combination is scary for me. Um, Things are doing great right now. World markets, eh, not so much. But if you've been investing in the United States in the last 30, 40 years, you've done well. So that you're starting to hit towards retirement and you need to have a plan. And this is a good event for you to come to July 28th. Burlingame, Dultry by Hilton, 639, 10 Pillars of Retirement and Compliance with CFP, Chad Burton. Chad, is that a fair assessment that if you've, invested, if you've been investing for the last 20 or 40 years, you've done pretty well, and if you've been putting money into a house, you've done pretty well. So these are the people that should be coming to your event. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if, you're, if you've saved up, you know, somewhere around a half a million bucks in your retirement, you, depending on your income, depending on how much you're saving, you might be about 10 years away from retirement. Okay. So that's who wants to show up. It's not about what do I invest in to get to retirement. It's how do you transition your portfolio, your thinking, create an income plan, deal with taxes, IRAs, estate planning, so all of the things that you. Uh, there's a bit of a process here. There is. Yeah, I mean, it's step one. We can talk. Let's talk about the financial planning process to create a retirement plan. Let's do it. Um, so the process that I mean, part of it starts with a little bit of counseling. And okay. first of all, people should always be working with a fiduciary, somebody that charges fees for advice versus commissions. So ask how they get paid, ask if they're a certified financial planner, if they act as a fiduciary. But a lot of the financial planning process, besides the hard data gathering, mm-hmm. you know, is, is counseling. 
I mean, what are you going to do to get out of bed in retirement? Are you truly ready to retire in terms of your life plan? What's going to motivate you? Um, you know, what are your hobbies? What are your charitable intent? Um, what do you want this money to do for you? So there's some counseling that is involved with it because Rob, it's, a, it's for some people, it's a scarier transition than becoming an empty nester or even divorce because you go from, you know, the people are calling you every day to nobody's calling me. <laughs> I'm not needed at work because I've retired and now I have a limited resource, which is all my savings versus feeding your savings. So it's a huge transition. There's a lot going on there, and I see it. I what? mean, yeah, I mean, risk tolerance drastically changes. So for clients that are approaching retirement, we do risk tolerance almost every year just to see how their, their thinking process has changed because volatility becomes a little bit scarier. Um, and then you, do, you start doing rough calculations on whether or not the person has enough money to retire. Okay. So you can right away answer the question on... Yes or no, you can retire in three to five years. If not, here's what you have to do to get there. If we see that, okay, the, they're, they're pretty close, then we go through another process. We, you know, we do Social Security maximization. We use software to do that. That um, had one yesterday that said uh, the wife takes Social Security at 64, which is an odd age. But if you think about it, usually it's 66, the max. But in this case, it was better for her to start at 64 and him to start at 70 on Social Security. And that maximizes their lifetime benefits. Um, and then you go through the process of income design. Which accounts am I drawing from first, right? So you have your cash set aside, you have IRAs, you have taxable accounts, you have Roths. What do you do to create that income? Not to pay the least amount of taxes this year, but over the 35 plus years that you're going to be retired. Um, and then you finalize that three years worth of safe income number. And that's your portfolio draw. So when you do a financial plan, you've done your rough calculations, you've done your rough income design you need three years' worth of portfolio draws in cash. So if you're spending $100,000 a year and you're getting 50000 between the two of you from Social Security, you're drawing fifty grand a year out of your portfolio, so you need $150,000 in cash to get through good markets. Maybe a markets. cash equivalent? Uh, no, like- and we're talking CDs, uh, FDIC-insured or insured by credit union, or you know, it used to be things like treasuries and I-bonds, but those aren't worth buying anymore. God, do you remember the I-bond craze? Do you remember how many people we got into I-bonds that love us for that? I mean, we, I still have people that are get great rates of return, tax-deferred, and state income tax-free on I-bonds. And they're not even marketed anymore, are they? I haven't heard of it. You got to go to treasurydirect.gov, but you can only buy 5000 a year now, and the base rate's zero. Gotcha. So inflation rate's extremely low, too. It's almost, I think I haven't even looked at them in probably six months. Um. So once you finalize that three-year number and you've kind of said, okay, now I know this is how much I have in cash, which accounts I'm going to have the cash in and which accounts I'm drawing from, you rerun the projections. Um, then you look at things like, okay, should where are they at tax bracket rise? Should we convert a little bit of their IRAs to Roths every year? So then you do some tax planning and go through that process. Um, and then you implement the plan and you get it moving forward. And part of that is turning on the tap for dividends and interest and then figuring out which accounts you're going to draw from. So let's go back a little bit because mm-hmm. I think this is a real scenario, especially in the Bay Area. You talked about someone who's 10 years away from retirement with 500000 They're on the track kind of getting there. If they're saving a lot. Right. Um, so here's the curveball. They lose their job. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people, like there's a guy that I know very intimately that just recently lost his job, and he wanted to work another five years to get that extra savings put away. And I don't think he's employable, but me. Or if he is, it's going to be Home Depot. It's going to be below where he was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do you run into that scenario often, or is it just me because I'm doing? I run, not only do I run into that scenario a lot, but I run into a lot of um, I want to do a second career. Okay. I know it's not going to make as much money as what I'm doing now, but I'm done. I want to do something different. Um, whether it's you know be a teacher or something else that they just enjoy more, and then we have to say okay. Well, instead of retiring in five years, you're going to be able to retire in eight years. You know, we figure out what that calculation is. And that's fine because a lot of people have to transition into retirement and go from, you know, a 60-hour-a-week job to maybe a part-time job for a while so that they can, you know, slowly wean themselves from their workaholic workaholism. And I think I'm one of those people who's going to have to work in retirement. Yeah. Just- I mean, I started with my grandfather. He was 62 when I started with him, and he... Never retired. I mean, he essentially died as a licensed broker. You know, he he didn't want to ever quit because his clients were his friends. Right. And he didn't play much golf. You know, his clients were his friends. So yeah. I don't have the back for golf. I don't have the back for anything. I don't have the hip. So <laughs> it's the hip for me. With that said, uh, that's the only thing I know about retirement for me is that I'm going to want to work somewhat, even if it's charitable. I, I, yeah. I can see myself doing that. Um, but it's, it's a process to get there. And psychologically, like you said, it's, you got to be ready for it and you got to start asking questions now. So, um, you're going to be speaking at the event Thursday evening, July 28th in Burlingame, Doubletree by Hilton. Got about a minute. What would you plug in it? If you could plug it for 30 seconds or so. I think that, you know, if you, one of the biggest issues is what does retirement truly cost? And there used to be the 4% rule at 65. You can have 4% of your portfolio be okay, but bond rates being low, I think that's a bit high right now. I think if you start off at 65, drawing 4%, um, I, I would shoot more for in, in the next few years while rates are low, 3%. So a million dollars get you 30. That that's the safe zone right now until we get past the central bank influence on markets. This is going to be a good event. I want everyone to come out, sign up today. Double Tree by Hilton, 835 Airport Boulevard, Burlingame, California, 639, July 28th, Thursday, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. We're going to talk about accounts to draw from. We're going to talk about Social Security. We're going to talk about increasing your savings. We're going to talk about low interest rate environments, pros and cons. There are pros. you got to learn them. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Elon Musk is in the news again. This time talking about some of his master strategies, which is most interesting. He clearly wants to end fossil fuels which is mostly interesting, right? But have we gotten to the point yet where we look at Elon Musk and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see how the stock's doing. Has he gone from an interesting orator to someone that we're kind of not, I'm going to say over-celebrating as much? Um, I'm coming up with no correct words here. But one of his big plans at this point in time is to go after trucks 
and he's been in the news a lot recently tied towards autonomous driving or semi-autonomous driving uh, with the autopilot. But Tesla's expanding into pickups and heavy trucks. Uh, so should Ford watch out? Elon Musk announced today that Tesla, known for its pricey stands, hopes to expand into small SUVs, a pickup, and even heavy-duty semis and buses in a bid to revolutionize transportation as we know it. Those bombshells are just part of Musk's long-touted Tesla master plan, a follow-up to one issued when uh, you see that he does a little pivot here, a little pivot there. Um, Tesla's going to create stunning solar roofs with seamlessly integrated battery storage. Uh, They're going to expand the electric vehicle product line to address all major segments, develop a self-driving capability that is 10 times safer than manual versus massive fleet learning, enable your car to make money for you even when you aren't using it, using selling your electricity to others. He's aggressive. Stock doesn't move on that, that type of story at this point in time. Nesting is a big story right now in home improvement. People are shelling out about $321 billion to fix up their home. Talking about homes, let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, you work in the mortgage industry, so you see a lot of what's going on. Uh, You put together a lot of the paperwork. One of the pieces of paperwork that you put together is insurance on the home. Right. You want to make sure the person who's buying a home gets homeowner's insurance before the transaction's finished. Um, is that a law or is that a courtesy? Uh, it's a lender requirement. Lender requirement? Okay. Lender requirement. I mean, if you own your house free and clear, you're going to obviously want to protect your asset. But the lenders have tighter guidelines on on what is required as far as what your coverages are, your, your liabilities, insurance. I think everyone needs to review their paperwork every five years. This is a very odd concept, but my business is worth more than it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I need to change my life insurance in case and I And building die. costs have gone up and then and replacement costs. Well, before we get there, let, let me finish this thought so that people can tie it together nicely. If I were to die, my partner buys me out. I have life insurance on him. He has life insurance on me. Perfect, right? But we have to up that every five years because the value of the business goes up. Right. So that's kind of frustrating. With that said, same thing with your home. I bought my house five years ago. I could tell you that the houses on my street, the quality has gone up a lot with people um, rebuilding their homes, with their bringing in construction um, some people are doing complete teardowns and putting in super fancy, nice homes. That scares me a little bit because that means yeah. for me to rebuild, it's going to be more expensive. Well, and and look at this mathematically, though. It's not always the rebuilding cost. Your, your land is what's going up faster than the actual rebuild. But you do want to still reanalyze your insurance policy every year, to be honest with you, because you may have bought new items that you're including in your house, or you may have upgraded a kitchen or had some new appliances. There's a lot of things you can include into your insurance policy um, on your homeowner's policy. So I would look at it every year. Most people, I think it's about 80%, I think it's a statistic, is under, they're underinsured yeah. on their home. Um, so you want to keep looking at your policy on a yearly basis, especially if in, in a market like this where home prices are going up and down, land prices are going up and down. You're not insuring your land, but you're insuring the rebuild cost and everything else inside. So let's talk that concept a little bit. Um, every now and then there's a just true disaster. And you have homeowners insurance, you feel very comfortable with it. But you've been living in the Oakland Hills for 20 years and a fire sweeps through the Oakland Hills. You're not going to be able to afford to rebuild. You're, you're done. Yeah. You're selling that piece of land and someone else is going to build there. Um, because in 20 years, housing construction costs have gone up significantly. 
And I would check your coverage, too. Um, some people might think they have the right kind of hazard insurance, the right kind of fire coverage. I was recently talking to a friend of my parents, and they had a home in New Jersey that was wiped out by Sandy was the storm. Uh-huh. And a year earlier, their insurance company said, we don't want to own any policies on the coast, and they got rid of it. Uh, and they went with a sub-standard a sub standard type of insurance company that replaced it, and it did, and they did not cover the flood. So you go and look at, at your policy, especially if, you, if you're in a sort of like flood, not flood zone, but like a landslide zone. I looked at a house not recent, not too long ago where part of the uh, disclosure said that it was in a like a landslide area. So, I mean, this, these are some, some of the things you need to have on your coverage. You and I spent some time on the East Coast in our younger years, and there was an auto insurance company called Katz Auto Insurance, and it was spelled K-A-T-Z, and there, the, it was a lion, like, never use an insurance company that can't even spell. I like using, I use USAA, my dad was in the military, it's the greatest insurance company ever. I love them. So that keeps the cost of my, and then I, I put my auto insurance with them, they give me a multi-policy discount. So I'm very, very pleased. I like multi-policy discounts. Everyone should consider it. Like if you need term life, call your auto that's insurance a, and see if they can do it. That's a great piece of advice. Um, put everything together, get a, a lower discount, absolutely. And go with quality. I think Geico's great if you can't get USAA. Um, I would not go with the local insurance agent. And again, I'm pissing some people off. I know. I want If Warren Buffett bought Geico for a reason and everything's on a phone and you never actually have a real estate agent, but yeah, if you want to test your policy, I can call Geico right now or USAA and say, hey, does my house cover if a meteor hits it? Does my homeowners cover it if you know someone breaks that? What's my deductible? Call these people and yep. ask, ask questions and get the answers before the disaster happens. With that said, very, very important to review your policies. That's the last thing I'm going to say, because also on some policies, sometimes you designate, like I had, I had life insurance that went to my first wife. That would not have been good if Cindy, if I died, she gets insurance. Chad's got that story where one of his financial planners um, out of college had a boyfriend and he put her name on yep. the policy. He gets married, has a kid, dies, and the life insurance went to the Girlfriend from college. I mean, even as small as if you have kids and you have more kids coming on your property and other people and you have a pet, for example, those are things that you need to change your policy as well. It's not just about the house. It's about the liabilities that go along with it. Number one claim on homeowners insurance. Dog bites. Dog bites. Yep. Buy a cat, sell the dog. Yep. With that said, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him online at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Big story going on right now in the airlines is the airlines are getting some downgrades. And one of the reasons they're getting downgrades are if they have exposure to Europe. And the analyst commentary is kind of centering around there's been just too many terrorist activities that people are starting to get nervous on booking to Europe. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Got a big event coming up next Thursday, one week from today. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black's show. It's in Burlingame. It's income and retirement. Probably one of the most important topics in your life, next to a spouse, a marriage, uh, a house. You want to know about it, income and retirement. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Facebook stock hits an all-time high as Messenger announces 1 billion users. Um, yeah, I check my Facebook account on occasion, Cron4 Rob Black, and I do post a lot of the videos that I do at Cron and all the, the radio shows that I do on my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Um, I hate that you can't check messages on the app. You have to get a separate app to do that. I don't quite get the logic of it, but I guess I'm not supposed to understand everything. I use Messenger more than I use apps. I'm sorry, I use Messenger more than I use Facebook, and I use iMessage more than I use Facebook Message. Maybe that's part of the strategy here. Um... I don't know, what was the point of that story? <laughs> Did I just talk myself into a corner? Oh, no, Facebook stock hits an all-time high. Okay, uh, one of the things I love about owning a home is I got rats. And it comes from leaving a little grass seed on the ground inside the garage. I got rats. You're like, you're disgusting, Rob. They're little pets. You're disgusting, Rob. Um... I like going to Home Depot or Lowe's or Osh Garden Centers or what have you to figure out how do I get rid of rats. And long story short, you look into like pest exterminators and you're like, no, 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 I'm not paying that. Rat trap, <clears throat> do you go humane or do you not? Um, poison, you feed it to a rat, it goes outside, an owl eats it, and owl dies too. Um, not good. So then you look at, like, rat trap, you know, snapping their neck with the mouse trap or the rat trap. And you're like, well, that seems to be the most effective way, <laughs> all things considered. You could ask them to leave. You could even put up an eviction sign. Uh, doesn't work. So there's different ways. But I like going to Home Depot is what I'm trying to say and trying to solve the problem. $321 billion is put back into our homes every year by going and shopping and, you know, um, using our cash to remodel. So that's why you want to own Home Depot uh, or Lowe's or you figured out some sort of play on people throwing money into their homes because it's a large chunk of what we do with our money. Amazon is acting like a bank. So the online marketplace is partnering with Wells Fargo to, to cut 50 basis points from student loan debts um, if you're an Amazon Prime member. Odd, right? Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk an odd topic here. Uh, there's different types of investors, we know that, but let's go with a different total type, people who are single. Most of us don't start saving money till we're married, and we say, I've got to take care of my wife. Most of us don't start saving money till we have kids. We want to leave a bit of a legacy with our savings. But when you're single, you're more of a spender. You're going to concerts, you're going out, you're whining and dining, you're wooing. What's your thoughts on investing and in, in, in saving as a single person? Hmm. 
Well, m- m- my thoughts, <laughs> if you're going to invest and in, in save while you're single, is is you find somebody that you might want to marry. Start early on on talking about prenuptial agreements. Okay. Um, I met a guy that uh, was involved in a one of the founding members of a startup. Okay. And it was well on its way. Got married. Didn't do anything on the prenuptial agreement. Lost half of what the eventual result was, and and the marriage only lasted for a couple of years. And it was kind of one of those deals where you couldn't believe what the person did, the, you know, the, the spouse did in this case, and still lost a lot of what he worked, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day on for five to six years of this startup. So prenuptial agreements very very important. How about postnup? Postnuptials, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where if you popular. don't have anything when you get married, the postnuptial is a little bit more involved in you know what am I going to pay after I pass. But boy, that's a tough thing to approach though when you're you know first getting married, you don't have kids yet. Whether think, or not yeah. it's going to hold up in court, whether or not both sides really had an attorney, yeah. it's tough. I personally subject. don't think it's that tough. I th- I just think you need to dehumanize it. Like for instance, I got that frying pan from my mother. Um, I want that in a prenup, and that's a good starting conversation right there. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, a prenup, maybe things don't end as well as we want them to, or, you know, it, it's it's there for a worst-case scenario. It's not there for a best-case scenario. Um, now, with that said, being single, you know, you have a lot more costs, uh, but everyone should max out their 401K when you're single or when you're married. There's some things. You don't need life insurance when you're single. You know, if you die, no one cares. Right. So don't have life insurance. Um, you know, life insurance is there to replace your income for your loved one that you just left. Um, you know, at one point in time, if I died, my cat would have got my money. That's funny. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of sense of humor that I want to have out there. It's funny. Um, some other areas, you know, when you're single is, is do be careful because dating is expensive and, you know, trying to find the right partner is important. When you do find that person, um, talk to them about money. A lot of couples don't ever talk about money. And then when it does happen, it, it's a stressful environment and it doesn't need to be. And do credit checks. I mean, how many times have we run into people? I have a real close friend that a marriage ended because she found out about $60,000 worth of debt that was in place prior to marriage that was yeah. totally hidden. Totally hidden until the person basically had a breakdown and it all kind of came crashing down. And you marry into that scenario and uh, it could be a problem and again, something well, yeah, you fight over. It's because the house was purchased together at the height yeah. and then now her credit is completely screwed as well. So Hopefully. it's it's yeah it's it's tough you know situation. What I, you know what I like about credit checks is it can kind of tell you if your spouse is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know if, if the person you're getting ready to marry you find out she's had like 19 late delinquent charges and you're like whoa you partied pretty hard because didn't have that many lates so you you have to almost try. Yeah, well, I've told you the story before about a couple that I could never get the financial plan done because they wouldn't give me the couldn't get the expenses from them. Yeah. And it never finally made – it finally just didn't made sense. So I was sitting with the, the one of the clients. The other the spouse was at work. Sure. And I said, have you ever done a credit check? And we went to annualcreditreport.com, which is the one free. And I had to sit there with one of the spouses and uncover $100,000 worth of credit card debt that was being hidden. Yeah. And it was like telling you that your spouse has cheated on you for the last 10 years. It's that's, a shock. That's, I mean, he, I thought he was going to pass out. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see a guy in tears because he finds out about that much debt and his retirement has been put off for about an extra two or three years because of as a CF, As a CFP, did you have to hold him and nurture him and cuddle him? Uh, we were we were looking up. I said, you, you know, you can't go home and talk to your spouse about this. You need 
counseling. There's obviously a, a okay. shopping problem here. Don't go home and explode about it. Go speak to a counselor. Approach it almost like an intervention with other family members because it, it was an intervention, and it actually yeah. turned out successful. Um, luckily, they had a ton of equity in their home, and they were able to pay it off and still retire okay. But it was relatively small compared to the overall portfolio, but it was still there, and it was still hidden. And, so this segment's oh, turned into, tough. instead of investing for singles, it's turned into credit check spouses. Because they're probably li- they're sure. probably lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> is what we've learned. My dad died with four hundred uh, with uh, sixty thousand dollars of credit card debt. Sixty thousand dollars of credit card debt that no one knew about because my dad was kind of a short guy. He was five eight, and uh, he'd go to like Home Depot and there's a store on the East Coast called Hackenders, which was Home Depot before Home Depot. And he'd buy power tools because you know that gave him kind of like the manly thrill that he couldn't get from being six foot tall. <laughs> um, with that said, I inherited a bitch and set of tools, but my mom inherited a lot of credit card debt that she didn't know was there. So that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, we're in, that that generation too is very private about money. You know, yeah. the, we're in a generation where 50% of marriages fail. People live till they're 100 years old, so most of the time, unfortunately, people aren't with the same spouses. So um, be very careful because people that trade houses, spouses, and cars more yeah. often than others are the ones that. Don't retire well. Interesting to note. With that said, I don't want to live to 100 unless I'm like Highlander, and I could live forever <laughs> with a Scottish friend. Um, Scottish ninjas. <laughs> odd concept, right? Yes, very odd. Whoever pitched that movie, they had some cojones. With that said, that certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Uh, Domino's Pizza, yeah, you could invest in pizza, and it's actually been one of the best performers in the last 10 years on the S&P 500. Um, shares have increased 23% this year. They beat street expectations. Uh, ultimately, cheap food is what you're investing in. It's kind of like McDonald's. You're not buying McDonald's because it's gourmet. You're buying it because it's cheap, and a lot of people in the world put it in their mouth and then squirt it out their other side. U.S. unemployment applications dipped 253,000 last week. We've never seen anything like this. Um, it is a long period, prolonged uh, low level of unemployment applications. So there have been worries that employment growth was slowing after you know a week reported April and May. We may not be adding a lot of jobs, but we're definitely not cutting a lot of jobs. We've expanded for 72 consecutive weeks under 300,000. Tesla is expanding into pickups and heavy trucks. Big news. Plan one, or step one, uh, sell pickup trucks. Step two, step three, make money. Um, Tesla has these plans, like great ideas, that you just don't see how they're going to connect the dots and get there, but they're talking about it. Southwest Airlines quarterly profit jumped 35%, but we're hearing a lot of commentary come out of European airlines that people don't want to travel to Europe on long-haul flights right now. Too much terrorism in France. Too many uh, airlines have been taken down. People are freaked out. You can find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, robblackshow, YouTube, robblackshow.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can always find me at robblackshow.com, YouTube, Rob Black Shoe, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Not nerdy enough to give out my LinkedIn pass. Do you do that, Chad? Do you work LinkedIn? Yeah. I, see, I find it too much work. It's To me, it's I don't think it's, I don't like the layout. And people kind of like just hundreds of people be like, I want to be Rob Black's friend. I want to be Rob. So I don't feel like any of the people there mean anything to me. Like they're not legitimate business relationships. Hmm. Okay. No, I mean, I, they've got a lot of clients and stuff like that on, on LinkedIn. So it, I can see you know, work anniversaries or if they change a job, get promoted and stuff like that. So I, I enjoy it. Okay. So I just see, I get requests and it's, I don't know this person. <laughs> or, or maybe I just got a it's really a networking. Bad. It's not Facebook. It's for networking. What, what's annoying when people kind of make Facebook type posts on LinkedIn, which is supposed to be business related <laughs> or political on LinkedIn. Come on, people don't do it. It's funny. The things that piss us off, isn't it? 10 pillars of retirement income planning Thursday, July 28th, double tree by Hilton and Burlingame. Um, so out of the 10 pillars, is there any that you find that we abuse the most that we don't, I guess like protecting against longevity. Um, you know, I could look at my mom now who's 80 plus and go, how long does the money last? Right. Because she's in her home that's $100,000 a year, roughly. Yep. Um, fortunately, she, eh, that's a lot of money. So, Yeah, I mean, protecting against longevity, essentially what that means is having income sources that you can't outlive. One of them Social Security, we hope. <laughs> and then another one is using some bond alternatives to have lifetime life time income because in order to really get that income that you need based on bond rates being extremely low, you kind of have to do both at the same time. So there's some no load variable annuities that are out there that allow you to invest in a balanced portfolio. So you can take bond money that's right now only earning 3% and you can invest half of it in stocks, but still have a company back up your income for life. So if that account goes to zero when you're 85 years old, they'll continue to pay you as long as you live. Gotcha. So, and you usually want at least 20 to 30% of your income coming from sources you can't outlive. But when you hear that term variable annuity, yeah. if you have a, a, you know, an insurance broker, someone with a big firm, a bank, talk to you about those things, they're usually loaded products where you're stuck in them for seven plus years. They have fees approaching 3%. They're horrible, horrible products. 99% of them are horrible. Um, there's actually only three good ones that I can think of that are out there that are no load. And because I want it to be no load, a good financial plan has a lot of flexibility. So if somehow rates are higher in four years, Rob, right. and I can go ladder a bond portfolio at five, six percent again, I want out of that annuity that it's no longer worth it. I can get better returns out of buying individual bonds. The marijuana business in California would have to be doing really well. Mm-hmm. Cannabis to bonds? To, to get to five. Do you have cannabis income. bonds yet? I'm sure they're coming. Hmm. Someone will invent the product, right? That's right. So you were talking about insurance people who will sell a variable annuity, and you said there's basically three of them that you'll actually approve of, and most of them you won't. Um, the reason I'm with you on that is I see not friends, but like brothers of my friends mm-hmm. or sisters that go into insurance, and you know their first career didn't quite work out for them, so they're like, hey, I'm going to sell insurance. Right. Do like a Primerica 
you know, multi-level marketing of insurance and financial planning type of a thing. There's a, there's a, there's multi-level marketing in, in life insurance and that, that just, it is so foul. Oh my gosh. It's always horrible. Get your friends to sell life insurance and you'll make money off their life insurance. And yeah. oh, by good way to lose all your friends too. Let me talk to you about this business opportunity. Oh, well, that's how it worked. That's <laughs> how it worked in the nineties. Anyone could get a job as a financial advisor. Anyone could get hired as a stock broker and then they'd give you, you know, a room and a phone and say, go call your 200 family members and see if right. you can sign up. And, and then when you're gone, they'll still be calling those 200 family members. Right. <laughs> so they, they already have the list now. So Thanks for playing. Someone gave me a 23andMe kit for a holiday gift. Uh-huh. And I've got like 200 cousins. So I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, your last name is Black. Of course you do. Well, I didn't know that. So There's probably as many Blacks as Smiths out there. I think there's 18,000 blacks. And I was telling um, a person from Visa yesterday, um, she's like, how do I remember your name? And I said, well, there's a porn producer named Rob Black, and he's an evil person. And there's a country singer in England who's a Rob Black, and he sucks. And then I'm the third most popular Rob Black. <laughs> I'm the money guy. And do you think she'll remember that? <laughs> I think so. You told a story, so absolutely. Because I remember stuff. I and I have to associate things with numbers. Yeah. And the, the Rob Black porn producer, he's been to jail and uh, for bad stuff. Like, he's not a nice man. Back in the 90s, he had hit that website, robblack.com, mm-hmm. and I checked it every day, every day. And it finally came open, and I grabbed it, and I put 10 years on it. And I have robblack.com. Black. Black. All right. So, and when you did that, I bought chadburton.com. Did you? Genius. Genius.